Hey everybody, get ready for a new case on criminal motives behind the crime scene tape. My name is Jay and I co-host this podcast with my dad. My dad and I have both worked in law enforcement and we also specialize in security. Join us as we dive into some of these real life cases and find out what actually happens behind the scenes and what most people don't get to hear about. It's going to be a good one, so let's jump right in. Part of his information was, yeah, that's true. But if there's anything I can do to make my case better, I've got a story to tell you. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> you open that can of worms and you never know what you're going to find. It's like a box of chocolates, right, Forrest? <laughs> right. And on top of that, it goes back to what's the motivation for him to tell on anybody? Not because he's doing the right thing, because he's not doing the right thing himself. Right. No honor monkeys. If I can make my deal a little bit better, I'll rat out somebody else. And he proceeds to tell me about one of his coworkers who has been um, filing false documents on vehicle mileage in an attempt to gain money for mileage traveled in the vehicle that was his on company time. So it was a mileage scam that this one was involved in. Mm. And um, as an investigator, you always get excited about where the next case goes. And um, also, as an experienced investigator, you know you don't really have the power to change anything. The wheels are rolling on his case. Yeah. The best you can do is make sure that the people making decisions know that you cooperated fully with us and that you offered up some information to another situation which is going to make a lot of people mad because then they're thinking where's the integrity in our unit where's the integrity among our management so um, we wrap up our part of it and we have him go ahead and just tell us what you know what are you talking about he laid it out perfectly there was a co-worker of his at his level that was filing mileage reports for allegedly driving um, many hundreds of miles on his car in an effort to collect money that the company paid for when you used your car. Mm. Now, this particular person was not a regional type person. There is no reason for this person to have to travel outside of that city. And yet, here he is claiming that um, every day for the last 30 days, he was driving from one location to another over 600 miles away. Whoa, what? And back, same day, on days that he shows on video he was actually in the building working. In this building working. So there were several areas to look at. Again, our friend, the CCTV, the closed circuit television. And then we had some uh, vehicle history reports and mileage reports and some other documents, databases that we could do some 
data mining for and uh, gather the information to validate whether this was happening or not. And sure enough, we found that he, for the last 30 days, and we went back several months, and he was doing it over the course of the last six months. And I think it was a quirk in the system or just not. It was kind of one of those systems where it wasn't meant to be used as an investigation tool. Mm. It was a mileage thing, and it expired after six months. We don't know how many months prior to six months, how many, if it even went into years that he's been doing this. And um, you go on a trip, you fill out an expense report, put the mileage in. The mileage alone itself doesn't generate a full-blown expense report. You don't have to include any money for food per diems different things like that no hotel stays nothing like that they usually fly through the system pretty easily because there's lack of all this other stuff you don't have to keep receipts you're just basically stating that um, you traveled from here to there and this is how many miles it was anybody wanted to check you pull up the and you guys keep telling me MapQuest doesn't exist anymore. I can't MapQuest something. Pull up Google whatever or whatever mileage thing you want to use, and you can tell how far it is from this city to that city. I know. Sorry, sorry that you you're you know you're just a MapQuest fanboy. I can't. On top of that, I still look at VCR tapes. <laughs> Back in a day, I will tell you that made it really tough to do investigative work looking at cameras of what people were doing when you had to back to be then you had to find all that so yeah <laughs> thank goodness for digital stuff these days i'll give you that yep yep um do you know how much they paid per mile oh yeah it was the government rate which in most cases stinks <laughs> When anything that's the government rate, you're getting ripped off. Yeah. But mileage was a little bit different. I think at one point it was as high as 54 cents a mile. Oh, so you do the math. I can't. Um, we'll say 50, just to even it 50 out. 50 cents a mile, 600 miles one way, 600 miles the other. Um, 600 so bucks right there. 600 bucks a day. A day for six thirty months. days for six months, Ooh. and you know the first thing I'm thinking of is usually the first thing uh, thought I have nowadays when I see something absurd like how can this happen in this day and age? Right, where's the failure in all this? How do, you know everything that we're trying to do these days? How do we not know this? Um, putting those thoughts aside for another, you know, minute around the lunchroom or somewhere when you're sitting back, the case is already done, you're trying to figure out how in the world can we fix something like that down the road. Um, we continue to follow the evidence. And sure enough, knowing myself how to fill out a mileage request, somebody has to approve it. And oh. yeah. And somebody has to be curious if you have an employee and you're looking at a mileage request, 
payment and your employee claims to have traveled from this city to that city, let's just say Orlando to Atlanta. Yeah. You're doing this all the way up and all the way back every single day of the month. Now, if you kind of put that into perspective, it's kind of impossible to make that many trips and sleep for any amount of time. And work. And, well, obviously at work. But even if you took out the work factor, if you were to take off and drive from Orlando to Atlanta, turn around and come back every single day, and then try to get in four hours of sleep. Yeah. It's, it doesn't add up. It, it, you know, it's just the laws of numbers and things just don't add up. You can't do that for 30 straight days. Right. You're going to, something's going to bleed over somewhere. And if you're that person's supervisor, how do you look at that and say, yeah, okay, sure. Here you go. Now, granted, the advent of computers and being able to do things electronically, it slide through. People have to know somewhere. They have to be able to see it. They have to prove something. Something comes in that it, you know, indices something that says, here's a check. We're filing this. You need to prove it. You need to prove Joe over here for driving on this particular day. No, wait. Joe was working here. How's he driving for me? And why is he driving? He doesn't have a job that drives. He has a job that sits him in front of a you know, conveyor belt. You know, How in the world is he driving? Yeah, I have him here. So right away, I'm thinking, all right, uh, somebody is involved or Joe, for lack of a better word, not his real name, has figured out how to work it around the system and get the approval himself. Yep. I make that phone call again to my boss and say, hey, guess what? Your day's about to get a little cloudier. Um, This is what we've learned out of this. And I could hear the phone drop. He's like, what? What are you talking about? You can't do that. And then, of course, he, typical to his personality, will make a statement while he's thinking about what he wants to say next. And the statement he makes usually doesn't make any sense, but I could tell he does it because he's trying to formulate something in his head to say back to what I just said and and understand what's going on. And he goes, wow, you know, he's not allowed to leave the building. I'm like, yeah, we just talked about that. So what are you really trying to tell? Because this is impossible. It can't be happening. I'm like, it's happening. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure. I'm making it up. But yeah, you know, I'm interjecting some thoughts in the middle of it. And I'm like, yeah, I promise. This is what this guy says. So together, and I need him because there are certain levels of approval that um, when you do investigations and you have to do some data mining, you don't always have access to certain you need your boss to be able to dig into this and see what they're doing. Uh, mm. It's for confidentiality's sake and protection of employees. And I don't know if HIPAA plays into it at all, but there could be something there. And, you know, he has more access to stuff than I have. So I need you to look this up, make sure I'm looking at it right. And he goes, holy smoke, because he calls back. He's kind of happy. And he calls back like we stumbled into something good. You know, it's going to make us, it's going to make us rich. But, um, he tells me, he said, yeah, it looks like that his boss is involved. She's signing off on it. And I said, all right, so do you want 
someone from the main office to come down and continue this investigation or can I go ahead everybody's down here where I'm at can I go ahead and pursue the the evidence and the leads and the interviews he said yep give it a shot um he asked me to call another um closer investigator that I worked with who'd been with the company for 20 plus years just to bring him in read him into the case let him see what's going on and uh, he won't interfere but he'll definitely help you stay on the path if he sees you're wandering from so we make arrangements we're going to call this manager in and he's not anywhere to be found so we don't know where he is we mean you don't worry but working like yeah he's not showing up called in sick probably driving probably <laughs> Um, so then we uh, go to uh, his manager who has been approved of these. And she said, no, I'm not interviewing with you. I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to do this and that. I'm not doing nothing. Oh, boy. Well, again, I go back to the powers that be, my boss and my experienced teammate, and we plan uh, a strategy that involves going above both of them to the next level saying, Hey, we need to really talk to somebody about this. Uh, is there anything you can do to encourage that? And, um, my boss said, you know what, let's, let's just hold off on going up that chain. Let's go up our chain and get the lawyers involved and see what legal aspects we have to, um, persuade them to sit down in front of us. And the lawyers drafted a, an idea, and um, our corporate security chain floated the idea over to this particular senior level person, said, you're going to sit down and talk to us and tell us what we need to know, or you're going to lose everything and have criminal charges filed against you because somehow with working with computers and filing things and getting money through it could be a wire thing going on okay. yep and you're familiar with that more than i am so uh is there a federal is it a wire wire fraud yeah yep okay and um she agrees she said i'll agree but these are my terms uh, you know, I've been with this company maybe five years, so yeah. law enforcement is still fresh on my mind. And I'm like, when does a criminal get to dictate terms? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you don't have bargaining power here. Yeah. You're you're a little hot. You're in the hot seat right now. Like that's not a thing. Yeah, your terms are. Let me get my hands on you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, that was my inside voice. Um, snuck out on me. Yeah. Her terms were pretty simple. They weren't that bad. She said, I won't sit down on company property and give you a statement. I will only meet with, what was I called? Anyway, she would only meet with me by myself. And of course, she said she won't be recorded. But, you know, I'm meeting a female off property. I'm recording. Yeah. I don't care what. Yeah. The chances of like, 
oh my gosh, I was telling him my story, trying to come clean, and he jumped up and grabbed my breasts. Like, yeah. that is so very much a possibility of happening, so for sure. Right, and I want it keto-friendly, so I don't want no bun around it. <laughs> anyway. Keto-friendly. <laughs> keto-friendly. You know, I love keto. Great diet. Beef, I'm with keto. You're good to go. Yeah, ketos, burritos, and tacos. But um, we seriously digress. She says she won't meet uh, in a on the property. She won't be recorded, and she only meet with. Uh, I think it was a senior specialist at the time, and she only meet with me. Well, obviously, I'm going to record it, and I'm going to wear a wire, so she can say what she wants. I'm still in control of this situation and I'm not violating any laws. Nope. Um, that particular state I was in, you did not have to inform anyone you were recording them. And even though we were not on the property, I was in a company vehicle and company property. There is no expectation of privacy anyway. Oh, so good. I was able to get around that. And uh, I set up the meeting. Of course, we had, we're just civilians, right? We're in this corporate security gig and we're just civilians, yet I got cars staked out with investigators in them all around the block, you know, like we're going to do a takedown, you know, to buy bus. <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, so they're they're digging it. They're, they're thinking it's great. I get her in the car. I start to talk to her and she just kind of breaks down. She goes, you know, this is bigger than me. It's bigger than you. And uh, it could get ugly, but here's what I here's what I did. Yeah, he filed the reports uh, on a daily, and I approved them. At um, I think it was either monthly. You had to file the reports daily, but it got approved on a monthly check, hmm. or maybe a biweekly check. I don't remember. Um, and it goes up to the managing director level, which is even further up. And uh, they have to, over a certain amount, they have to approve because that was one of my questions. Yeah, but we're not talking about $150 for a trip to go to a seminar. We're talking about $600 up, $600 back, all in the same 24-hour period. So you're talking about 1,200 miles every day for 30 days six months back and uh she goes yeah and that person approved it as well and i'm like oh man this is gonna get ugly oof seriously um and she goes you know and that's about all i'm gonna tell you i'm not sticking around for it i'm not retiring resigning or nothing i'm just leaving and i asked where's the other guy she goes he's out of the country you'll never find him he's gone the guy that was filing it yeah, yeah. He was just a frontline manager, low-level manager. And um, I said, where was all the money? What, what was in it for you? And she goes, well, he was splitting it with me. Ah, there it is. I got half of it. I said, then what's in it for the other? And um, there was a taste going to that person, too. And I'm like, okay. Um, I don't know if you will. I don't know if you'll respect the process or nothing, but I really need you not to discuss this, if you would. You know, I had to do it as part of my agreement, my part of my job to inform that person. 
I don't know what repercussions would come out of it, but uh, that's just the way our procedure was. She just kind of snickered and uh, got out of my truck, and that was the end of that. Oh, so wow. now I go back, and we have to regroup. When I was wearing the wire, my boss was in one of the other vehicles that was hearing the conversation. Evidence value, collection of evidence for prosecution or anything of that nature. And for the reasons that could get ugly in a litigation situation, um, the claims of I said I would talk, but I couldn't be recorded and be recorded anyway is admissible, is not admissible. We weren't even going to be able to go into that area at all. Whether or not it would have worked as admissible evidence, I don't know. At this point, we're just trying to figure out where is this going yeah. and when is it going to stop? So the legalities behind it, we have an attorney on board who, you know, he agreed, you don't never meet with a woman by yourself without something to protect yourself with, you know, or not necessarily a woman, but you don't want to get into a situation where it is two people alone um, without some kind of, if it means that certain parts of the case may jeopardize um, the findings, so be it. But you have to protect yourself. You right. have to make sure that nothing else can come out of it. Get back to the office and we decide, all right, we may need some help on this, but we need to talk to that managing director. We get um, the managing director's information and he can't be found. But he's not missing. He just can't be found that day. Through some other talkings and conversations, we learned from the administrative assistant that uh, asked us just a generic question. They don't know why we're looking. They don't know why we want to talk to him or anything. Right. We're just asking, you know, we're tracking down an anomaly within the mileage reimbursement system. And we think we've got a problem with, you know, overpayment on some parts, underpayment on some parts. Can you tell me what your procedure is when you get this, that, through the system or whatever? And uh, she said, yeah, we look it over and we you know, decide to approve it or not approve it. And uh, I said, does the person responsible for approving it do it automatically or is this a function you do at his um, direction? And you just do it, or does he actually look at each one? No, I do it all. I just uh, I do it at his direction. He said it doesn't matter what comes in. Sign off on it. Send it on. Oh Lord! And so I'm just like, pure ignorance, huh? Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. So how would you know if there's something wrong? She goes, really, the only time we know is if somebody complains and says, "Hey, I got shorted on my mileage check." I get that. Systems are growing, information, data collection, processing, electronically, all that stuff is growing. And it's growing at an exponential pace where it's sometimes hard to keep up. And it's just a lot of times it's easier to file it, do it, be done with it. Until somebody complains, then you look at the problem. All right. Now we're at a level where um, I'm pretty much walking on the coattails of another 
higher up person to see where this is going to go from here. And um, there's now conversation that a vice president of some particular division might be involved. And um, we're trying to, we're really just setting back. We're just a couple of old ex-cops in a, in an office trying to figure out what, what's our next move going to be. <laughs> Everything from, you know, CSR trying to sell something personal on the bulletin board leads to all of this. I get a phone call has one of those deals where it's either a private number or a blank screen. And it's like, okay, don't sell me a car warranty or this could be important. Yeah. It was on the company phone. So I was required to answer the phone. Said, uh, Senior specialist. I'm like, yes, sir. He said, you work in a case involving such, such, such on a mileage thing. I said, yes, sir. He said, uh, you did a great job, but your case is over. Um, you're no longer involved in this case. We're taking it from here and uh, we appreciate the effort. Uh, as you have advised everyone along your investigation confidentiality agreement, um, we're going to advise you that uh, you're not to mention any personal names uh, of anyone involved and thank you for your time. And I'm like, hey, all right. Hang up the phone, and 30 seconds later, my boss calls me. And he says, hey. I'm like, hey. He says, you just get a phone call? I said, yes, sir, I did. He goes, uh, all right, I need you to, uh, you know that the case is over. You did a good job. Uh, don't be looking for no awards because there's a lot of people embarrassed. But uh, you did a good job. It didn't go unnoticed. Uh, thank you for your time. And can you do me one more favor? Go to the file cabinet and pull out your case and send it to me. And I'm like, okay, so how do you, how you know where this uh, Okay. He goes, I'll stay on the line. And I'm like, okay. My partner and I, the only ones that have a key to this file cabinet, open it up, the case is gone. The whole case file. All our notes, everything's already gone. Man. He goes, nothing there, is there? I'm like, no. He goes, okay. Guess you're officially off the case. Good job. And that was, he said, we will not speak of this again. And that was the end of that. I have sure. no idea what happened down the road. I know that two people we initiated the investigation with are no longer with the company. And I don't know anything else. But I got that phone call that said, you're done. Thank you for your effort. Yeah. Done. So that was the pretty much the end of the case. We were, you know. Congratulated for the hard work. And you know, we kind of mentioned it before. It depends on the case, but we're all told through either a successful completion or for other reasons that a case is over with. And um, it can be early in the case, it could be later in the case, it could be right in the middle of one. You just don't know. You don't know the, uh, the outreach of that particular case. You may stumble onto a Another case that's being worked by who knows who that has more implications than the one you're working on. And, you know, there are times when you have to just bite the bullet. And uh, I think we covered that a little bit in the informant stage. You may have to give up 
your information on a case from your informant for the better good of a larger case. Yep. It all works together. And uh, sometimes it's frustrating. Sometimes it's a relief. I got to tell you, where this particular case was going, I was kind of glad it was relief because there were so many hoops to jump through to get to the next step, to follow up to the next step. It was, it was becoming very uh, labor intensive and uh, emotionally draining. Um, and in the back of your mind, you know, you want to be a good employee. You want to work well with people, especially in your own chain of command, you know, your own corporate security side, you want to do well. Um, so you want, you know, you want that satisfaction when you made a good case and did a good job. But in the same light, am I stepping on anybody's toes I don't know about that I care about? You know, right. like you worry about things like that. Right? Um, at the end of the day, you do your job. And when it's time to, to end it, it's ended for whatever reason, for whatever manner. Yep, exactly. Now, this guy that was filing the expenses at first, you know, the, the mileage stuff. Um, you said that he, well, his manager said, he's out of the country. You're never going to find him. Is that what happened? I couldn't confirm it. And uh, frankly, when they told me, don't do any more digging, don't do any more looking, no talking, no investigating or anything like that. I don't know what happened to the guy. I never heard from him again. Both that guy and his manager on a kind of a weird note received that same uh, award that annual award a couple of years ago for being best manager for a year or manager of the year or whatever it's kind of funny they both received the same award and the guy that started this whole thing was selling the, the handbags on property was set to get that same award so i'm it got to be a joke, man. If you come showing up at the door with this award, I don't want it. Because something bad's about to happen. Anybody gets that award? That's not the case. That's just silly paranoia. <laughs> that seemed like the, the stigma at the time. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the uh, the Madden curse. Like, if you get put on the cover of Madden, you're not going to do well the next year. <laughs> Which, thankfully, Patrick Mahomes disproved that one. But, yeah, I get it. Yeah. So it's, uh, I don't know the outcome of any of it after that. I know that the uh, guy um, selling the handbags, I know he wasn't criminally charged. Um, I don't know, and it's confidential, what his outcome, what agreement he came to over his situation. Yeah. Uh, anybody with the mileage, I have no idea what happened. But I just know they're not with the company anymore. All right, so there you go. Um, a friend of mine once told me, you know, you got to strike while the iron's hot. And um, sometimes that iron is in the fire with several other irons, but the one that's the hottest, you kind of have to go with. You can't, yeah. you can't manage it all by yourself. And um, you have to hit the ones that are most productive. And in this particular case, one led to another. So you rolled right into another one. It became the priority. Um, but, you know, good cases, it talks about a lot to do with the informant uh, perspective and how they, um, how valuable they are. I mean, I would never have known for the ethical side of it, whether it was done the right way or the wrong way or because they were wronged or eliminate common competition. You know, 
it kind of doesn't matter at that point. You're just glad that um, you're just glad that you got the information because it made good cases for you. Will we ever get to a point where ethics is a real thing in either government or the private sector? I don't know. You know, there's always going to be people that make bad decisions and that just throw their ethics out the window. Um, but man, what a crazy case! And you know, it, it's so important to to not necessarily pick up every penny you find, but to be that hunter instead of just uh, the gatherer. So that lady in the very beginning was like, I want to know what's up with the favoritism in this place. You know, you very well could have just been like, look, if you got a problem with people, go talk to HR. That's not my job, whatever. And that that whole thing, this whole case may, may not have even happened because of that kind of, um, you know, mindset. But when you have that hunter mindset, like I'm going to hunt down everything that needs to be traced, you know, you were you were smart enough to say, hey, well, what what are you talking about? You know, just get more information. And then if you get there could be times where you could do that and you'll get the information. It'll be like, all right, well, this is nothing. But then you have that one lady who comes in and is like, well, this guy's selling handbags and I can't sell my oddly picked <laughs> chocolate flavor for helping you poop so <laughs> uh yeah so it was it was good on you you know good investigator mindset to uh ask those questions and keep going and same with the other you know same with the guy that was selling the bags um you know you, you bring him in he's like hey i'm ready to toss up a name to you and then it just keeps going up the chain from there and that was yeah what a crazy case yeah you just I mean, you don't know, and, and a lot of times um, when people, I, I don't know, when people get to picking a career and they get to thinking about, what do I want to be when I grow up, you know, that kind of thing, those kinds of things kind of determine whether it's a good fit for them or not. If they don't have that hunter mentality or that desire to want to know more or, you know, recognize, wait a minute, there might be value in that, that's the ones that generally don't make it very long because they don't see that value or right maybe in some cases they just need to be in a different division of the same kind of function so to speak you know maybe they're not cut out as a detective but um they can write tickets all day long and that's the end of their day that's all they do yeah guy speed here's a ticket you know guy ran a red light here's a ticket i'm good you know, and if that's all they want to do and all they, maybe they recognize that's all they care to do, that that's where they feel they make the most contribution, nothing wrong with that. Right. But as far as in detective division and the investigations, and whether it's public or private, you have to have that recognition skill, that hunter mentality you mentioned. So, and I think it just depends on your personality. There's nothing wrong with not having it. It's just, personality trait so it could be firstborn i don't know i'm firstborn you're firstborn i don't know something about it which one of those little rascals stole my toy you know that kind of <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's funny we, we developed that mindset early on yeah somebody's messed with my stuff yeah <laughs> that's funny there might be something to it might be a study 
Yeah. And to see how many detectives are firstborns versus, you know, ticket writers. Yeah, exactly. You know, maybe we can uh we can get some kind of uh I don't know, data analysis person or some psychologist to come tell us the science behind that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, could be. Yeah. But um uh, yeah, so there you go. Hope uh hope everybody enjoyed the case. Um hope everybody enjoyed uh, some of the twists and turns that go with it. And um and I hope you'll tune in again. Yeah, absolutely. We'll uh we'll be coming back with more stuff here pretty soon. We're we're gonna start getting some guests on the show, which is gonna be awesome. Uh and just looking forward to um building and, and recording and just getting stuff out there. So thank you for tuning in. All right. Thank you, everyone. Well, there you go. Another great case in the books. Be sure and tune in next week when we unpack a new one. And I hope you have a good week. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you haven't already, go subscribe to our show. And if you liked it, maybe go get a buddy or two to go subscribe to it as well. Give us a like, a comment, a rating, whatever it is that you're watching this on. And make sure to give us some feedback because we want to make sure that we're doing the absolute best we can for our audience. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next time on Criminal Motives Behind the Crime Scene Tape.